How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Eucalypt Speed Test Intelligence Data. Fixed median download speeds. US Q3 2023. I'm Tony Kornheiser. This is my show. My friends come on and you know them. We talk about the sports you care about. Basketball now, golf, and the metronome of your life, baseball. Whether it's opening day, the big tournament, or one of the majors, we have the best to preview it and break down just what happened. And let's not forget the important stuff, the amount of daylight where I live, the importance of speedies, and the rankings of beach-style pizza. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. This podcast on 97.3 The Fan is presented by Hummel Casino. Fun above all else. Do the show, bitch. Welcome to Ben and Woods. Try to say this nicely. When you look at Ben, Paul, and me, it doesn't scream athlete. I know you fat bastards want to eat some of this. With Ben Higgins. Go to hell, pro sports. Stephen Woods. That was incredible. And Paul Reindel. All right. Get ready, tier ones. Oh. It's Ben and Woods. Finally the chance for somebody to get on and do some good sports talk radio. On 97.3 The Fan. Do the show, bitch! Yeah, you got Final two hours of uh, regulation time, and then uh, it's all extravaganza tomorrow. It's Ben and Paul Reindel this morning. We just heard from Stephen Woods recovering from his ER trip and... Still trying to pass his kidney stone, but he promised he will be here tomorrow for the extravaganza, which makes me hold him to it. Makes me feel a little bit better because I was like panicking, like, "What if he doesn't show up? Do we cancel? Do we cancel the whole thing?" I mean, dude, when I when I woke up in the middle of the night, saw all his texts and phone calls and voicemails and everything as he's in the emergency room, I go, "If he can't make it on Wednesday, do we just need to like?" push it till after christmas and we come back for one day and just do a big not the same it just wouldn't be the same it would not be the same i mean we'd have some fun and you know paulie would play some great sound drops all the surprises though he needs but he needs to be here for so much of it so he promises even if he has to pass that kidney stone during the show which honestly would be one of the most epic radio moments of all time if he did so i think just the possibility of that is intriguing enough for him to be here and agonizing pain he will be here tomorrow uh, for the extravaganza 6 to 10 a.m you don't want to miss it again i recommend even if you're a a radio listener usually or an uh youtube streamer you should get on the youtube stream tomorrow to see as well as listen to the full experience because uh, it'll it'll sound good but there will also be some visual elements to this show more than the usual uh, that we have for you on a normal day. Go to Ben and Woods on YouTube. You can go 97.3 The Fan on YouTube. We're on Twitch, 97.3 The Fan. And also our show, uh, the video is streamed on 97.3 The Fan's Twitter every morning. Excellent. So you can get it all of those lots, places. Lots of places, easy to find in the morning, starting at 6 a.m. Uh, it's the end of the year uh, for a lot of us. In fact, one of the uh, normal end-of-the-year things that a lot of people have to do at their workplace is the end-of-the-year performance review. Have you ever had an end-of-the-year performance review, Paul? Woodstock Pizza, they tell you how you were doing a good job or anything <laughs> like that? I don't think so, actually. You've never had no. one? I've had exit interviews and yeah. stuff like that, but no. 
had my uh, I had my end of the year performance review with my boss yesterday. Adam's never made us do that. Is no, it? not not Adam. It was at Channel Ten uh, yesterday. I would like to uh, proudly say aced it. Good. Model employee got a uh, high marks all across I the board for my less. my work in 2023, and you know set some goals for 2024 as we move forward. I. I would love to hear a horror story. If you've got one out there that you want to share with us, the performance review, like that did not go well, like what your boss said to you, like you knew this wasn't the job for you anymore after your performance review. Do they even do those at, uh, you know, workplaces anymore? I always get the sense that my boss hates it as much as I hate getting it. Like no one wants to do it, but someone higher up in a corporate office somewhere is mandated yeah well you know we need to know what's going on so everyone has to you know sign to log in and fill out all the information and, and get the full performance review so we can keep tabs on all of our employees and how it's all going so uh, i don't know if people still do that or not for the most part but i had mine yesterday and it, it went pretty well so if you want to share a story with us you can call 833-288-0973 about uh, your performance review nightmares or even maybe successes if you've got a good story we'll we'll listen to either one of them i uh, did want to get back to our throwback though uh look back for 2023 month of november and of course it was the month that we lost peter seidler one of the saddest days i can remember in in all of yeah, san diego our look backs have been mostly fun lighthearted moments but you can't tell the story of 2023 without talking about that day no and, and you know the news came down kind of right after our show on the 14th. On the 14th of November. And I was like processing for the rest of the day, working working Channel 10, and I went down to the the memorial and, and saw the saw Padres fans just coming up and the outpouring of emotion and you Darvish doing bowing at the at the memorial to Peter Seidler there. Just so much emotion. But I knew that it really wouldn't totally hit home until we went on the air the next morning. And uh, I got I got to tip my cap, Paulie. The, the open you put together that day was uh, unbelievable. Um, let's let's roll it back to last month and uh, the day after Peter Seidler's passing. One year soon, the baseball gods will smile on the San Diego Padres, and we will have a parade. With a professional sports franchise, the franchise can have a an outsized impact on the community in a positive way, and that's as important as anything we do, trying to be a good corporate citizen in San Diego and, and every year trying to be better at it. It's human suffering in, in a way that I don't believe needs to occur. With rare exceptions, homeless people have problems, whether it's mental health or physical health or simply, especially during the pandemic, they simply ran out of money and you see more children out there. It's critical to all of us and I, I spend a lot of my personal time and we have one objective and that's to reduce the suffering, help the most vulnerable. And I've got some optimism as we um, further step into 2023 that things are going to get better. Our overarching goal is one thing and that's to win a world championship and bring a parade and the title to san diego you're a zen guy as someone who's not really i don't have a, a shred of zen in me how, <laughs> how does one achieve that kind of inner peace oh, i feel very fortunate I've, I've had two big battles with cancer and i've seen a 
lot of people suffer in that area as well and I'm very fortunate to be here and enjoy it and to be around all the thrills of baseball and hang out with guys like you and fans like we're talking to today but just to state what people say but really try to take it to heart to to make the most out of every day and um, enjoy it have some fun laugh and hopefully make a positive difference owning a franchise it's there's nothing like it you know the the thrills are nightly the, you know, or the disappointments, um, and you feel that every night, you know, and the great thing about baseball is if you lost last night, we're back at it again today, and we're going to win today. And on a personal level, I do thank every single one of you, whether you're a young child or somebody that's been following baseball for 80 years, whether you consume it on an iPhone or leave all the electronics like I do in the car and just relax and watch a baseball game. Uh, thank you so much. It's uh, it's only been a little over a month. Got me again, man. It's and emotional. It's a good reminder because, you know, as time goes on, as time is supposed to do and kind of start healing and making things a little bit better as you go forward, and you want things to get better. You also don't want to forget, though. You want to remember what he represented and what he did for so many people. And we have to, I mean, I feel like we need to play that at least once or twice a year going forward so we don't forget. I'm not trying to make everybody sad again. I know I see people in the chat are tearing up again, and I, I certainly understand that. But I also don't want to just kind of let, let it all just kind of float away as time usually does. And then in a couple of years, you go, oh, you remember Peter Seidler? Oh, yeah, I kind of remember him. No, I mean, you know, you want to, if there's someone you want to keep alive in your heart, that's a, that's the perfect person to try to do that, what he represented and what he stood for. So, um, I'm glad we played that again. And, and while that open was incredible work, Paulie, I thought the tier ones were, they were the amazing, that day. amazing. And we didn't really, I mean, I was a little worried, like, because we didn't, we don't have a screener. We didn't know who was calling in, and it was just kind of, let's just go with it. And, and everyone who came forward just shared stories of their encounters with Peter and memories and feelings from that day. It was the most raw, emotional, impactful show I think I've ever done in my life. And I know you and, and, Woods feel the same way. Absolutely. I know um, Peter's family was listening, and they they got a hold of us after the after the show later and said well, how much it meant to them to hear from from all of the fans out there and what they had to say. There was one call in particular. I mean, they were all so great, but um, Easy when he called in, mm. uh, certainly that was it affected all of us. Uh, let's go to Eric at the top of the board. Eric, Easy, how you doing, man? Hey, how's it going, guys? Thank you for taking my. Really appreciate yeah. that. Um, I I also wanted to share the same feeling as uh, Woodsy mentioned earlier. I was yesterday. I was so po'd at the idea that we couldn't do one for Seidler this yeah. year. But then I woke up this morning listening to you guys and so positive, and that's the type of guy he was. And quite honestly, Peter Seidler died like a hero, man, a hero for San Diego. He gave me back my pride as a San Diegan. And that's something that will always carry for, with me because I'm 31 years old, man. I don't, I'm a soccer player. I'm not a baseball fanatic like you guys are, but I try. And, and quite honestly, it takes time, effort, and the most important, money. It takes money to galvanize this community, and he did it. And now, now, it's, now it's our turn 
to give back, and I and I obligate myself to do it. So thanks to him, he's a, he's a great influence, and he changed my life forever today as well. Just uh, one of the amazing calls that we got that morning, and uh, you know that that day I will never forget for sure. No, that was um, that was a rough day when we got that news on <clears throat> the fourteenth. And those four hours the next morning, I think it was a Wednesday, were so therapeutic for me to just kind of sift through all of the emotions and and just celebrate the life that Peter lived and the legacy that will live on in this community for generations and generations uh, because of what he did. And, and, you know, some of the other sentiments, I think Major Garrett might have been the first one that morning to say it was, let's all live like Peter. Yeah, and um, yeah, I know this it's last. Not, it's not that hard. Now we don't have billions of dollars yeah. to give, <laughs> no. but to live like Peter, as far as just the humanity yeah. and having compassion, it's thinking of others people, first. You know, putting people ahead of yourself every once in a while that doesn't cost anything, and we can all live like Peter. I um, I realize that in this last month, especially for Padres fans, uh, you know, there's some questions about. You know, given what's happening with the payroll and going on, like, are they are the Padres really going to, like they said, carry on Peter's legacy? I would, I would caution against making any snap judgments and saying, oh, now that Peter's gone, they're never spending again. I, I would think that even if Peter were here, that this would probably still be part of kind of what the plan was going to be and something that they just had to do at this point. And it simply has kind of coincided, unfortunately, with Peter's passing. Will I guess time will, will tell kind of the direction that the Padres go moving forward. I'm going to remain patient and take a wait-and-see approach on that one. I know that there are people in that building, though, who are absolutely committed to Maintaining Peter's vision and his goal, his ultimate goal of a parade in San Diego when the baseball gods smile on us and shine on us someday, that that will, that will remain. Um, now, will, will there be the authorization to go to the insane levels that they went to the last couple of years? I, I don't know, and I don't know if that's reasonable to ask every single year uh, without Peter here, but I do think that we're going to see um, more more of what Peter brought and less of what we remember from, you know, the old days of Padres ownership going forward. That that would be my guess. But we'll we'll wait and see on that. And one. I know when we get to spring training and we talk to some of these players, especially the guys that were here last year or have been here for a few years, the Mannies, the Joes, the Darvishes, the Fernandos, all of those guys, they're all gonna say the same thing. Like, yeah, we are trying to win this one for Peter. We have uh, one look back remaining, something from this month, and it's not exactly on a similar vein. It, it has to do with corn tub uh, from just a, like a week ago. <laughs> but we had to pick something from December, so we'll get to that uh, coming up as well. Adam Jones is going to join us at the bottom of the hour holiday chat uh, with our good friend, the five-time All-Star. And uh, as a prelude to that, I want to talk about the uh, Yamamoto sweepstakes that are going on and what an interesting – we thought Shohei Otani's – like whole drama of where he was signing was interesting. I'm almost finding the Yamamoto sweepstakes even more interesting than the Otani sweepstakes. I'll tell you why coming up uh, after a check of traffic. We'll be right back with more Ben and Woods on San Diego's number one sports station, 97.3 The Fan.
How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. I'm Tony Kornheiser. This is my show. My friends come on and you know them. We talk about the sports you care about. Basketball now, golf, and the metronome of your life, baseball. Whether it's opening day, the big tournament, or one of the majors, we have the best to preview it and break down just what happened. And let's not forget the important stuff, the amount of daylight where I live, the importance of speedies, and the rankings of beach-style pizza. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Tune in to kick off with Boomer Esiason and Mike Valenti. Every week, Boomer and Valenti previewing all the NFL games, analysis, picks, the biggest stories in the league, packed into an hour, Friday night, 6 p.m. here on 97.3 The Fan, and on the Odyssey app, presented nationally by Casamigos Tequila. Casamigos, brought to you by those who drink it, and by Lowe's, Lowe's Knows Home Improvement. Adam Jones going to be with us at the bottom of the hour here. I saw one or two moves yesterday from the Hot Stove League, Paulie. Uh, the San Francisco Giants signed catcher Tom Murphy, backup catcher, to a two-year, $8 million deal. Uh, Murphy had been with the Seattle Mariners for the past four seasons. Uh, part-time kind of player, but decent in terms of like 700-plus OPS, which for a backup catcher is not bad. Not terrible. $4 million a year. Um, I mean, the Padres are getting Kyle Higashioka for a little over two, I think which is a better price tag for a backup catcher, but that just shows you where the market is right now, that even backup catchers are getting $8 million deals right now. Uh, what do you think Sanchez is going to get? Uh, that's a good question. That is a I good question. I would love to see him back here uh, just as a bat, as a backup. We still, you know, Maybe as a DH. Campy's biggest question yeah. mark is his durability, and, and can he stay on the field for 145, I mean, It, make, it makes games. some sense if you're going to use him as a DH, especially against lefties, and then you've got that third catcher option, so you never have to worry about you know, running out of catchers because he's always there, even though Higashioka will probably be your defensive backup catcher. Sure. Sanchez was, I thought, more than serviceable defensively as well. He's one of the very few highlights we had in 2020. I guess the worry would be with you want Campy to get plenty of playing time, and if he's truly starting, you know, five days a week, then you're kind of you're then leaving one roster spot almost unused. Because you're not going to be able to use both Higashioka and Sanchez very much. You know, one can be a DH, but then Higashioka sits. And if you ever want to get Sanchez time behind the plate, then Higashioka sits more. And and he's, it's like, okay, we got this backup catcher, and we never get to use him. So I would be fine. I'd be more than fine with Gary Sanchez DH in the majority of the games, getting in, you know, to fill in spot start catching here and there occasionally. But if you run out. Uh, Campy and Higashioka, assuming they both stay healthy, and then just have Sanchez coming off the bench for, or you know, being your DH, fine by me. 
We need the bats. Patrick <laughs> Bailey them. is expected to remain the uh, the starter, primary catcher for the Giants. He had a really good defensive season, at least, as a rookie last year. The uh, Pirates also signed a veteran left-handed pitcher, uh, Martin Perez, $8 million one-year contract. Uh, he was uh, actually with the Rangers, won the World Series. I don't remember him pitching much, if at all, in the postseason. He went... To, Went ten and four for the Rangers last year with a four point four five ERA. Uh, he was in the bullpen. He made three relief appearances in the playoffs, all in mop up duty. I guess that's why I don't really remember Martin Perez that much in that World Series run. Uh, but the news yesterday in baseball that I found interesting was the continued pursuit of Japanese free agent pitcher uh, Yoshinobu Yamamoto, who I did not realize this. So we knew his. Uh, his posting window has been open now for, what, two two or three weeks? Because it's going to close here in early January. And I know he's been, you know, seen wined and dined by Stephen Cohen at his house in Connecticut last week, met with the Yankees last week. By the way, just before I forget, our yeah. next guest uh, in about 10 minutes, Adam Jones, they were teammates. They, they were teammates. Play against each other. So they, they were, were teammates. teammates, yeah. So we'll get some perspective from Adam Jones coming up here. But... Yeah, I know Cohen like flew to Japan to meet with him before the winter meetings, and he's met with the Dodgers and the Phillies and the Giants, I believe, as well. And I assumed during all these meetings, I, and this was my mistake, that he was also getting you know financial offers from the teams during this process. But apparently, as it was reported yesterday by um, the New York Post and others. He has asked that he did not he did not want to hear anything about contract terms until he had already met with every team. And only yesterday did he finally open the bidding process, essentially. So after meeting with every team, he now says, Okay, now you may submit your contract, or his agent said, now you may submit your contract offers for Yoshinobu Yamamoto. So no dollars or cents have really been discussed. Up until now, it's all been probably about, you know, fit and culture and, you know, uh, meeting the owner and the general manager and the manager and the coaching staff and the see the city uh, experience. You know, how are we planning on using you like the Mets, for instance, um, you know, they can make the pitch. Hey, you'll be our number one guy, our starter. The Yankees, well, they already have Garrett Cole. They can't promise that, but the Yankees can sell. The mystique of, you know, the Bronx and the pinstripes and playing for a, a brand that carries to Japan and beyond. I'm sure the Giants and the Dodgers are making their pitches. Hey, Dodgers are play. Hey, play with Otani. Come here and, you know, create a, a juggernaut, you know, on the West Coast. Um, the Giants are probably appealing to his competitive instincts. Hey, be the rival to Otani here on the West Coast. You're going to go up against him multiple times a year. Great theater, great drama. Everyone's get has their pitch. But up until now, it hasn't really been down to dollars and cents. Now, it's possible that, you know, whatever team offers the most will simply land him. But I like how he's gone about this because I think it's hard to really get a sense for an organization. If they're just hitting you over the head with the money right away and, you know, if I'm if I'm a GM, if I'm an owner and I'm trying to convince him to join my team, I don't want him to leave the meeting. I'm like, <laughs> okay, uh, here, $300 million. No, 310 then. I don't want him to go to the next city. And he kind of cut that off and said, nope, I don't want to hear anything about money. I want to make sure I see all of my options, all of the cities, meet all the organizations first. Then we'll talk about money and, and figure out how that works into the equation. So I, 
it's a very it's a much more open process than the one that Shohei Otani, the very secretive and didn't really know much. This has been pretty re- well reported in the media. What teams he's met with, where he's met with them, when he's met with them. But all this rumors about oh, it was going to be two hundred million, now it's three hundred million. That's all kind of make believe because there hasn't been a single dollar offer yet. I don't know if that's the agent just trying to inflate the prices or or what's going on here. But if there hasn't been a single offer made until yesterday, how could they have gone from two hundred million to three hundred million? Right, where are those numbers coming <laughs> where from? Where are those numbers coming from? He himself said, "I don't want to. I don't want to hear any numbers yet. We're not discussing numbers until December eighteenth is the first day that I will accept actual contract offers." And they just kind of hint, hint three, not two, hint, hint three. I I don't know what's going on there, but I would imagine at this point. Now that he's seen everywhere, and now you get the numbers, you know a decision could come somewhat quickly. Uh, you know, obviously he's got more of a a deadline than other players. With the posting window actually does close, he has to make his decision by I don't want to say January 11th or it's sometime in early January okay. when that window closes. Um, I don't know ex- the exact it's an interesting date. process. I kind of like it. He just you know what, just wine and dine me. I want to get a feel for everybody first. Then we'll talk money. Wait, he knows he's getting paid. He of course. Knows he's oh, get of bag. course. Yeah. I mean, you know, we're talking, you know, a fractional difference right. probably between the offers at this point. With Otani, two eighty or is it two ninety? With Otani, essentially, it seemed like almost everyone was willing to just meet whatever you ask for. Yeah. Oh, seven hundred million. Name your price. Two two million a year deferred. Name your price. Giants or I'm not sure if the Angels said yes, but I I can't believe they wouldn't. Why they wouldn't have said yes? Why would any team not? I say take no. That I mean, with that that offer seemed like it'd be a no brainer for just about every team. It's still seven hundred million. I mean, that's a lot to commit to for ten years when you're not going to be, you know. Yeah, but if you're actually a billionaire, player, if you're multi billion dollar out. owner, then you can put that money away right, right now. You're absolutely right. Let it accrue interest, and in ten years, it pays for itself. You're absolutely right. There's no team that shouldn't have done that offer. With Shohei Otani, so now we'll see what happens with Yamamoto as the uh, the free agent offers expected to to start coming in this week from uh, the next big prize on on the market that uh, especially the big the big money teams are going after. And uh, when we come back, we will be joined by a former teammate of Yoshinobu Yamamoto, our good friend, five time MLB All Star. Adam Jones joining us for uh, one final conversation in 2023. That is coming up next uh, with Ben and Paul on San Diego's number one sports station, 97.3 The Fam. We got one final chat with our friend Adam Jones coming up in just a moment here, and uh, get some of his thoughts, especially on the uh, the Yamamoto sweepstakes. A former teammate of Adam's over in Japan. We'll do that right after a check of traffic here on ninety seven three. The fan. I will definitely remember twenty twenty three as the year I finally got to play golf with Adam Jones. That was definitely a highlight of my year. I know Woods enjoyed it as well. He is not here, though, for the conversation today as we welcome Adam Jones back with us on 97.3 The Fan. Adam, Woodsy had kidney stones and was in the ER last night. I hope you've never had to deal with those. 
No, I haven't. Um, bless him. I hope he gets better. He's back on his feet. So he'll probably be back on Monday. I mean, next week, something. He'll so, be back yeah, tomorrow. We got our extravaganza. He's coming in, pain or not. He said he's oh, coming wow. in tomorrow. Yeah. yeah, tomorrow's our last show of the year. Hey, modern medicine. Yeah, well, I don't know. He may be in agony, but he said he's no chance he's missing. It's like our biggest show of the year. You'll have next time when you're when you come back to San Diego. If you're in town, you have to come to our extravaganza Christmas show. It's like none of the other shows uh, we do all year long. It's like our biggest. We're going to have an in-studio uh, like audience for the show tomorrow. It's going to be absolutely huge. But uh, I, I wanted to ask you because I, I just brought it up. Um, so you were teammates with Yoshinobu Yamamoto in Japan. Now he's going through his uh, his whole free agency process. What, what was the guy like? I mean, kind of close what you got to see. I mean, the guy's awesome. He's a hard worker. I mean, it's it's just, I guess, a younger a younger Darvish. I mean, if you've been around Darvish, you know how he has a good time, but he puts in his time, he puts in his work. If you see any of the uh, Japanese or Asian players in general, they are uh, they're workhorses. And the same with Yamamoto. Um, but he's, again, he's, he's also younger than all these guys. He's 25. I think most people, when they get uh, the, the Japanese and uh, Korean players, when they get the glimpse of America, 28. 29 years old when they, uh, you know, got a little bigger, a little older. But he's 25, so he's coming in ready to get beefed up with American cuisine, uh, <laughs> the overload of calories, and all that kind of stuff. So, you know, he might just come out, walk out of there at 5'10", about 80 pounds heavier in his 10 years. But, no, he's just awesome. And I think any team that gets him is getting a guy that, first off, posts, and he's going to compete. Uh, I, I didn't. I don't think I see him give up one home run in Japan. And besides that, like, the guy's just it's just a stud. And you know, again, I told him this. I said, when you face Team Mexico, this is the toughest lineup you ever you've ever faced in your life, consistently back to back to back hitters, because he's never faced an American style lineup. And Team Mexico was by far the best lineup he's ever faced. So I said, in America, all the teams number nine hitter is trying to bridge you. They're not trying to put the ball in play and slap it to right, have a 10-pitch at bat and look cute, strike out, but people praise them. In America, they're trying to bridge you every pitch. So he pitches like it's 1-2-0-2, oh, and he finishes people. That's one thing I figured out about him, too, is he finishes people. You look at his inning, strikeout per inning, start per innings or whatever, he's averaging, you know, he's averaging seven, eight innings at start because he's effective and he's efficient. So, you know, again, that's in Japan. Uh, MLB is a little different just because, again, the hitters were scared of hell at you. Um, but I think he's going to be effective, and I see him being a tight hitter. Yeah, better. Yeah, you know, I guess you never really know until you go up against big league hitters consistently how it's going to translate. But you, you see the stuff that guys have, and I, obviously you see these videos of Yamamoto and the absolute nastiness he has on like that the splitter action and the breaking ball. I mean, you you can't imagine that it's not going to play. I mean, that that'll play in Major League Baseball. I say it'll play 100%, but I'm just saying, you know, over there, you can see some of those swings at some of his pitches. Americans ain't going to be taking those swings like that. The MLB <laughs> guys ain't going to be taking those swings like that. Those swings are going to be full, full. And you can tell. I mean, you, I've, I've watched the highlights that they've shown in MLB TV. And I'm watching the hitters that's in the box. I mean, these guys, I, don't even, I have no idea who any of them are. Um, you know, facing Australia. The damn it, I damn near to strike out three or four people in Australia's team, okay? Um, so, I just said, when he gets to facing, uh, you know, if, yeah, if he goes to New York and he has to face Boston, that first time in that series, that first time being in that, in that rivalry, if he goes to L.A., the first time he has to come down to San Diego, go up to San Francisco, if he's going to the Padres, whatever team he goes to, he's going to just 
again, the lineup he's going to have to face is going to be consistently aggressive and consistently powerful. So, again, his stuff plays 100%. It's just going to be a matter of, you know, navigating through the lineup because, again, major league hitters, it doesn't matter how hard you throw, how good it is. If you miss, they don't. Talking to Adam Jones, the five-time All-Star here with Ben and Woods, and uh, spent some time in Japan, was teammates uh, with Yoshinobu Yamamoto. Do they talk about this posting system? I'm not... I sort of understand how it works. I sort of don't because now they're talking about maybe like Roki Sasaki is going to get around it and and come through the yeah. international signing. Is that? Do you understand like kind of what what goes on over there and how these how how badly do these guys want to get over to MLB? So it's it's uh, I think it's seven or eight years of profession. You have to be at the top level professional. That's why most people post at twenty eight years old because. You know, most guys take their time, you know, to get themselves acclimated to the major leagues over there, playing the major league baseball here. The top players, you know, our top players are in the big leagues at 2021, and their top players the same thing. Um, they, the, the top guys over there, they talk about major league baseball. I know when uh, Sugano was, was trying to come over to America, I think that just, like, catapulted guys. He's like, you know what, I, I can do. Obviously, Otani leaving early was an anomaly, and he costed – the Nippon, the Nippon franchise, you know, probably $15, $20 million. Um, but, you know, that's, <laughs> that's what it is. And Broke Sasaki leaves early. He's going to cost the Chiba Loto Marines. He's going to cost them uh, millions of dollars because they, he'll just enter the international pool and sign with a you know, 4 or $5 million free agent, whatever, rather than getting a big three contract like Yamamoto's about to get and give, and give the uh, Orange Buffaloes probably $25, $30 million based on the posting fee. Um, so it's one of two ways they can do it, but their interest in America, I think, has grown so much more with Otani. I just think that, you know, the social media, um, the global reach, obviously you had Hideo Nomo and, and, and uh, Ichiro and um, Matsui, but those guys weren't, in terms of the social media presence, in terms of commercials and things like that, um, they weren't like Otani. And I think that a lot of guys see the Western side and see the Western culture, and they, see, and they want to get over there. They want to get to the major leagues. And I think that, especially with the WGC, they see that when they're playing against Team USA, that's the team they always want to play. They don't care about any other team that they play. They, obviously, Korea is a big matchup, but their biggest thing is they want to see Team USA. And their interest in American culture and American sports is big, and they're coming. There's a lot of guys, there's, there's a few of those guys that are in the Japanese league that are coming to major baseball. And again, that's the global impact that Otani has, and we just have to embrace it. Talking to Adam Jones, uh, speaking of Shohei, what was your reaction, uh, not just to him going to the Dodgers, I think we call, all kind of saw that yeah. coming at some point, but the deferred money, the $2 million a year and then $68 million a year in, in 10 years and how that was all set up. What was like Adam Jones's instant reaction to that? <laughs> Well, I mean, when I read the whole thing, obviously it's, they're taxed at $46 million per year. So it's not like he's just skating away with $2 million and they have, you know, 68 really to spend. That would be wild if that would, was able to, to happen. But when I've seen, I've seen the breakdown, I'm just like, well, I mean, again, he's probably making the same amount on endorsements a year. So money's not an issue. I think the financial flexibility for the team is. And when he's done playing, playing he'll just get you know, a massive amount of money for the rest of, you know, for the next 10 years. But, you know, being in financing and learning about money the last two decades, how much money are the Dodgers going to make off of money? Two, three billion? As the Guggenheim group, they, they, they manage $300 billion. This is a interest, 
this is an interest for them. It, it, it is going to play out perfectly financially for them. And hopefully, I mean, hopefully, I'm a Padres fan, but again, for them, hopefully it plays out well for them on the diamond and it brings them championships because that's the reason why you do such a sizable investment. But away from it, I think the financials, he's getting his money either way. Uh, I just think that, uh, you know, what he makes off the field, he's giving him financial flexibility. I don't know how much because 46 is still a very high number. But when it's the Dodgers, you know, when they say they got flexibility, they got flexibility. Uh, let's see now. Who uh, Shota Imanaga? He's the other guy that uh, is a pitcher yeah. that is that is up. Um, the Padres said there might be some interest. Did you have any experience uh, uh, going up against him? Imanaga is a close. I think he's a closer. I believe. Yeah, I don't. I don't know that much about him. I, you know, he's thirty years old. Uh, the throwing philosopher is his nickname. I, <laughs> but uh, he's the yeah. other. He's the other guy that's he, kind of being he, posted. Yeah, I think even I was a lefty. He was a closer. Yeah, lefty. Me, my two. But he, yeah, he's a lefty. So uh, what I know about Imanaga is he's a strike thrower. Um, he, he he pounds his own. He's not overpowering. But again, their their fastball plays differently just because of the natural four four seamer. So their ninety two ninety three does play a little bit more like ninety four ninety five. Um, that's why I always tell. That's why I always wonder why you don't throw a fastball like eighty percent of the time. I think it's hard to hit. Because it really, their ball really does rise, um, but um, I don't, I don't remember him too well. I remember he's a strike. He plays thrower, for the Bay Stars, Yokohama, Yokohama Bay Stars. They said, yeah, 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 right. But not really. I think he threw game. He threw the game against uh, Team USA. People were like, what? You threw against Team USA? So that was his coming out party to see Team USA's lineup. And he's got good stuff. He's a strike thrower. Um, he's not obviously he's not on the caliber of Yamamoto, Jarvis in the top tier, but he's very serviceable. And the thing with them is the health. Um, I believe when, any, when anybody can post up consecutive years of health, I think you have to take that into consideration. And you see that obviously the, the multitude of injuries, um, depth is never a bad thing to have. And I think you should put, I think he's pitching in, in the big leagues. He's not a, I, I wouldn't say he's a front of the rotation guy like Yamamoto, but definitely a serviceable major league guy to go on uh, to go on the staff and uh, eat up some innings. All right. So what's uh, what's Christmas like in other countries? You're still in Barcelona right now. Do they uh, they celebrate like we do, or is it a little bit different over there? Um, it's I am Barcelona. It's 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 awesome here, really. I mean, obviously they light up the city. They put uh, up all the uh, lights throughout the downtowns and everything, and um, it's festive. People are out dressing, dressed up. People are out shopping. People are having a good time. Um, I don't want to go to the airport. I don't want to travel during this time, so I'm just going to stay here and just see what it. Just enjoy it, see some friends, and uh, find a mistletoe and follow my wife around. So, Adam, things <laughs> things change obviously when you have kids and all of that. But whether it's this era of your life with the children and the wife, or maybe it was growing up, what are the Jones family holiday traditions? Um. And it's it's because you have things have changed. Obviously, being international, um, just see obviously life changes with parents and getting older, and you know, parents uh, moving differently. I just think that we just try and show our kids the thing of giving. Um, obviously, they have a lot in abundance. Obviously, we still get them gifts and get them things that they would want. Obviously, um, but we try to show them that you know it's about giving. It's about appreciation. Because there's so many people that don't have, you know, I get on my kids to this day about when they don't finish their food. I'm like, you understand that just that, you know, even those three bites that you think is I'm full, like that right there is a meal to somebody. 
Um, so I just try to give them just a perspective and appreciate and just teach them the appreciation of and the value of what we do have. And, um, you know, just try and think about others, not always thinking about yourself. Did you have growing up, was there like one gift that you remembered or wanted so badly that, that you got one day? Um, oh yeah, I'm a '90s kid, so yeah. <laughs> um, I think the biggest thing was the W was the uh, the WWF back then when it was WWF. So I know the World Wildlife Federation <laughs> came in, but when it was WWF and all the rings and all the action figures, I couldn't wait to get any of that for, for Christmas. Those were always on the list. Get the and, big plastic uh, belt day when we were able to open up. <laughs> oh, 100. percent But I'm talking about like the, the little action figure, the ring, the small rings, the G4 Nets, you know, the Gorilla Monsoon, some of the Andre the Giant, Ultimate Warrior, all those Hulk Hogan. Um, that was just something that we really wanted, and we was like, they're not gonna get it for us. We because you know we ain't been the good, the best the last couple of weeks. Our parents ain't gonna get it for us, and sure and behold, they got it for us. And I think that's everybody's parents. And I think that's parenting. All kids is bad in a good way, obviously, um, but. Uh, you know, you just try to always make sure that they stay grounded and appreciate it. I had no idea that, that AJ was a wrestling guy. See, I, I never followed it. I never Dude. understood it. But you are a wrestling guy. Woods, Woods used to I be. Was in that same era. Yeah. I was in that same era as Adam Jones. I mean, Stone Cold, The Rock, yep. The Undertaker. 100%. Yeah, yep. I get it. I get it. <laughs> Amazing. Hey, every Monday in high school, we used to talk about, when I, or every Tuesday, we talked about what happened on Monday Night Raw, and then they added SmackDown. So Friday we was there to talk about it. So, oh yeah, we, I was that was definitely a uh, attitude era kid, and you know it was great. I still watch it. I, I, I still go to it with my nephews to this day if they're in town. I went to Baltimore. I mean, there's plenty of pictures of us dressing up as idiots. I was Virgil, uh, not Virgil. Um, I gotta get his name. I don't know how to draw a blank on his name, but uh, yeah, I was Virgil uh, one time. So, you know, hey, we, we dressed up and we have a good time with it. It's, it's, I think we're. It's like the NASCAR of <laughs> the NASCAR industry. Just, just bear drinking. I love it. Well, appreciate it. Thank you for checking in. Uh, have a very Merry Christmas, you and your family, a safe one, and uh, hoping to see more of you in 2024. Thank you so much for everything, man. Same you guys. You guys have a blessed one. And we hope that uh, Woodsy passes his kidney stone as well. Adam Jones, the five-time All-Star uh, spent the entire year out there in Barcelona, still trying to get his uh, his house in San Diego built, working on that. Can we get this man's house built. I know. Get him. Get, we got to get him back here so it's we can like see him years. with Padres games more than you know once a year when he comes back to San Diego. Uh, get him. We can play golf with him. You know, like get a a regular like monthly date or something on the golf course. But it's hard when he's in Barcelona. I'm just never, I'm never passing through Spain. <laughs> you know, right now I just don't have the time to get over there. To well, that would be so much fun though to visit. Visit AJ in Barcelona, Spain. Now yeah. I feel like I got to do that before he moves back. <laughs> Could show you around. He knows all the spots. I mean, he looks like he's living a really good life over there. But I like that he also yeah. teaches his kids. You know, to oh my goodness Holy gracious, crap, he just he's came alive. in like the like, like Kramer <laughs> running in on an episode of <laughs> Seinfeld, stumbling in uh, through the door. I, unlike Ben, <laughs> love the Ronda Report. And I was hauling ass <laughs> to get here. Well, we moved it back a little board. bit extra, you so we got like another it. 30 oh. minutes. I don't even see it on the rundown, actually. Oh, so God. Paulie might have to come up with one for you. We <laughs> oh, still, you didn't have it? We no, still it's at 9.30. 9.30? Okay. okay. Uh, Hi, boys. Oh, there it is, 9.30. Yeah, well, you got time. Okay. You, you got time. You're good. We still have more of our lookbacks because uh, we haven't even gotten to December <laughs> yet and, and corn tub. Uh, to get to coming up. So welcome to the final hour of your program. How's that kidney stone? So 
Dr. Steve called me. Do- oh, you got a call, not I just a, a text a now. You got a full on my way out. A full on call from the doctor. And he said uh he said, "Yep, yeah, it's in there and it has moved from the extremely painful stage to the ready to pass stage. I've been, I've spent entirely too much Time. How do you feel right now? You look. I feel fine. Good. I feel you fine. Look you, look, yeah. you look like really good. Yeah, right I got now. a little extra rest. Well, I went to bed at two thirty, but I feel like a normal human, like driving in in the sun. I was like, "Hey, this is what it's like." This uh, is great. I've spent way too much time thinking about my pee hole, though. I will be honest with you, entirely, entirely. How well, is it going to hurt? What's it going to look like? Should I collect it? What I don't know. So he, I asked him about lifestyle changes. Uh, thanks for the advice, Benny. And he said, uh, "Cut back on the tums." And I said, "Okay." You are a tums addict, I'm a tums over lover, there. man. Yeah. Well, I. You know, when we were kids, we heard calcium was good for you. Now, when you get old, <sighs> no not longer so much. You'll be shocked to know that we went through the first three hours of the show without using the word pee hole. Oh. But now you jump in in the first here, few here seconds and. Just get right to it. One hour. Woods is back. Yeah, one hour show today. Left to go on 97. That's your dream, isn't it? (laughs) How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. US Q3 2023. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry, built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle, from the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback. There's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models. So no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. And right now, your local Toyota dealer has more vehicles in stock and is making delivery on new vehicles almost every day. So visit your local Toyota dealer. And check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Offers end April 1st. Toyota, let's go places. I'm Tony Kornheiser. This is my show. My friends come on and you know them. We talk about the sports you care about, basketball now, golf, and the metronome of your life, baseball. Whether it's opening day, the big tournament, or one of the majors, we have the best to preview it and break down just what happened. And let's not forget the important stuff, the amount of daylight where I live, the importance of speedies, and the rankings of beach-style pizza. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.